And Father, we continue in worship and we do say, Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you for sending Jesus, the Savior of the world, Lord. And you know, we do our best to make him look good. And yet, nothing we do could make him look better. He is the most beautiful. He is the most pure. He is the most true. He's the most sublime. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only begotten, the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Lord, we sing and praise and worship and adore. We cry out and say, Alleluia. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Hey, my name is Pastor Jeremy. As we continue to worship tonight, um, you know, you can't have a church service without a sermon, so... But don't worry, it's only going to be a short one, I think. But it's from one of, uh, I think, one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. And that's John chapter 1. And if I were to give it a title, I would call it an origin story. An origin story. Now, those of you who are comic book fans would probably start to think about Black Widow or something like that. And you're like, oh, cool, an origin story. But this is a little bit different than that because the one we're talking about had no beginning and has no end and yet it is still an origin story. Look at our culture's fixation with origins and you quickly observe the fact that origins matter. Whether it's comic books or a $10 billion uh, telescope that's supposed to launch in the next couple of days, whatever it is, we are seeking origins because they hope to explain to us who we are, why we are here, and why does any of this even matter. John chapter 1 goes like this. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Today we're going to look at the next few verses that we read earlier and I want to just pull out a few things. There's so much here, but basically I'm going to have three points tonight and the three points are these. It's not a secret. It's not a surprise, but it is very special and it is this. Number one, that Jesus is God. Number two, that Jesus gives life. And number three, go to Jesus to get life. Number one, Jesus is God. Number two, Jesus gives life. And number three, go to Jesus to get that life. First, number one, Jesus is God. John begins this beautiful section of scripture by saying, in the beginning. Because he has no other words to appeal to. This is Buzz Lightyear saying, to infinity and beyond. Like, before there was time, before there was space, before there was matter, before there was humanity, before there was air, breath, anything that we can even imagine, there was God. He just was. He was and is and is to come. And yet that's so profound and there are many world religions that acknowledge that. But ours, Christianity, is one that is unique because we affirm this certain something called the Trinity. And here in John chapter 1, you see that coming to life. 
Here's a slide, a picture of that. And I know the words are kind of small, but I wanted you to see the parallelism or the different words on top of each other. Go ahead and show that for us, please, Leah. This is John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. And what you have is you have two different words here that are expressing both the, the deity and the distinction of Jesus. Both the deity and the distinction of Jesus. You see, the words was tell you that he is God. He was and is and is to come. And yet, even though he is God, he is somehow distinct from God the Father. He is God the Son. He is he is an independent personality, part of the one Godhead, but distinct. And so what you see is in the beginning was the Word. There was this being that was, and John's going to call him the Word, and the Word was with God. Okay, so he's with God. He's not God, but yet he is God because the Word was God. And so somehow he is distinct, and yet somehow he is He is both and. He is fully God in every way. Everything that God is, Jesus is. And it's so profound absolutely to say that because God is infinite. God is almighty. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere at all times. He is everything that we are not. Jesus is all of that. All that God is, Jesus is. Believe it or not, this first statement was the hardest one to come up with of the entire sermon. (laughs) Jesus is God. I actually worked on that for a long time. (laughs) Because I was looking at all these middle words, and then none of them just worked. I wanted to say, Jesus reveals God, because he does. That's the whole concept of the word. Go ahead and put that up there again, Leah, if you don't mind, please. This is the concept of the word. John is using this concept here that it's a little bit ambiguous ambiguous to us he says in the beginning was the word and the word was God you see what in the world is the word (laughs) well if you're of Hebrew descent at that time what the word was 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 scripture it was Moses and the prophets and the writings and and when you hear the word you you bow down in reverence because this is the self-revelation of God This is God's mind revealed to you. This is Moses and the law and everything that you hold dear. And so if you're a Jewish person and you hear the word, the Decalogue, the prophets, the writing, anything, you say, wow, the mind of God. It's a little bit like, I know this isn't quite the same, but a little bit like if someone says to you, hopefully they won't say to you tonight, it's Christmas, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. They mean I'm going to reveal a little bit of what's going on inside of me. You probably don't want all that's going on inside of me right now. But let me give you just a little bit of that. That's what the word is. It reveals God. So in the first point, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should say Jesus reveals God because he is the word. And if you're a Jewish person, it means that he's God's self-disclosure. It's really hard, though, today because we don't want to say something like he revealed himself. That doesn't work. 
We got to say God showed himself. He made himself known in the word. But if you're not a Jew, that means you're a Greek. And if you're a Greek, you're under Aristotle and Plato and all those other philosophers. And they're not talking about the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. They're thinking about the rational mind. The reason that functional thing that makes the universe work. Physics and math and science and logic and philosophy and astrology and all these big things in astronomy that come together and form the reason. Whatever that is. So John takes those two concepts. He says it doesn't matter if you're Greek. It doesn't matter if you're Hebrew. It doesn't matter who or where or what you are in between. Jesus is all of that. In him we live and move and have our being. All that God is, Jesus reveals. All that holds the world together and makes it tick, Jesus is. He's the word. He's the word made flesh. The only son of the father. And so what else could I say? But Jesus is God. Jesus is God. It's the simplest, the shortest thing we teach our smallest children if you're a church person. And yet it's the most profound statement in the entire world. That this infinite, almighty, supernatural, limitless being actually entered into his finite creation. One of the things we used to do long ago in years past is go to the Christmas party of some friends and they had a big house and part of their house included a, a bunch of doll houses. This person was into miniatures. And, th- and I'm not talking like little Lego sets or anything, you know, small scale. I'm talking like big stuff that you basically had to be an architect to figure out. All these little dolls and all these beautiful little things. And they'd have a scavenger hunt. And they'd say like, look for the teacup. I'd just be like, oh man. <laughs> I'm never going to find this teacup. There's way too many things. I'm going to go hit the dessert. See you later. <laughs> but here's this beautiful ornate creation. And it looks like you could just smash it like this. And there's this infinite detail all wrapped inside of it. And I can't even imagine what a great big old bull in the china shop guy like me would happen if I tried to get into one of those things but can you imagine that almighty and infinite God looks down on us like this itty bitty tiny little miniature thing and comes to be a part of it God himself Jesus the word made flesh number one Jesus is God He was in the world. He was in that little dollhouse. Even though the world was made through him. Even though he made it. How weird would that be? Yet, even so, the world did not know him. Yet he is the one that gives life. Verse 3 says that all things. Verse 3 of John chapter 1 says all things. Were made through him. And without him. Was not anything made that was made. And then again in verse 10. It says. He was in the world. And the world was made through him. It's a little bit funny to me. That people kind of question. 
to, to us Christians, I mean, if you're not a Christian, it's fine. This is an inside scoop. Is why would you go to Jesus to get, get life? I'm like, well, he's the guy that made life. Like, he made it. Where else would I go to get it? <laughs> I mean, like, we believe that in the beginning was the word. Like, before the foundation of the earth, there was God. And God made life. So it makes total sense, at least to me, to go to the one who made it, to get it, if that's what you want. Like, if mom makes the cookies, you go to mom to get the cookies. Or if dad makes the whatever, you go to him to get that. Whoever makes whatever, you go there to get it. Jesus made life. Therefore, go to him to get life. That's why verse 12 says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his names, he gave the right to become children of God. He demonstrates through his death, burial, and resurrection that he's the God of life. That he can look at Lazarus or a dead person and just say, Hey, be alive. And they are. That's what Jesus does. He gives life. At any point, In any way that he wants. It's no thing. He created it and he can breathe life. Into anyone. He does this to us. Even now we. Who are alive. Yet spiritually dead. God comes to us and convicts us. Through the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. And breathes new spiritual life in us. And awakens us and makes us alive. And then as a result. We are able to believe in him, to confess our sins and trust him as our savior and Lord. And so my call or challenge to all of us tonight is this, is to believe that Jesus is God, that he gives life and to go to him and get life. Go to Jesus and get life. Now I don't know where you're at on the scale or the spectrum. Maybe you did that a long time ago. Maybe you've never done that before. Um, we have a couple of things we'd like to say to you tonight. One is, you know, I'm going to give you some simple steps here in just a minute about how to do that. But if you have more questions, we would invite you to come down front afterwards. There'll be people milling around and chatting for a long time. You can do it very discreetly. No one's going to think you're weird. It's totally normal to come down and talk. And we want, we want to share Jesus with you. We want to give you the very best thing that we have to offer. We want to give you life. We want to give you him. We don't want to give you our church. We don't want to give you our religion. We don't want to take your money. We want to give you Jesus. And if you come forward tonight, yeah, amen. If you come forward tonight, we will explain to you how to get him. And if that's not enough, then we also want to offer you the opportunity for an extended relational conversation. Leah, I think you've got a slide of that somewhere in here. Coming up in um, the winter, in the January months, We have a class at our church called Alpha. Alpha is just like the beginning. We call Jesus the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning, the end, the first and the last. And this is like where to start. Like if you don't know anything about Christianity, you will not be embarrassed in this class. You can come to this. You can ask any question you want. Anything off the wall. It's not stupid. And hopefully you'll have a guide there with you at your table. You'll eat. You'll talk. You'll watch a little video. And it'll go through several weeks explaining to you Just the basic mere facts of Christianity. And maybe you've got those down. Then good. Bring a friend. But we want to give you Jesus. You can come get him tonight. You can come explore him through this class. 
Either way, it doesn't matter. We just want you to know him. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. Jesus is God. Jesus gives life. Go to Jesus to get life. Now, I said just a minute ago, give you some instructions. If you want to get Jesus tonight, this is how. The first thing is this. As human beings that he made perfect in his image, the first thing you're going to have to do is admit that you're not. You see, at one point we were, in the beginning of time, when God made humanity, we were free from sin. But of our own volition or will, we chose to disobey God. And as a result, we broke. Now, he had the right at that point to look at that little miniature set and to look at that dollhouse and go smash and crush it to smithereens. But he didn't. Instead, what he did is he became one of us, entered into our world and accept the judgment, the smash of the father, not on his creation, but on himself. And so what you have to do to start out is just admit that you are broken, that you're sinful, that you're imperfect. And I am too. If you've never been to our church before, just ask somebody at our church. They'll tell you, yeah, Pastor Jeremy's a sinner. He really is. We know him. But here's the thing. Romans 3.23 says, Pastor Jeremy's not the only one. We're all sinners that have fallen short of the glory of God. And the result, the wages of sin is death. But 5.8 tells us that God demonstrates his love for us in this. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That one who made us became us and was broken for us. All that is left to do then is repent. For Sean 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can't walk around pretending like nothing ever happened. We messed up and there's no way out on our own. There is only one name under heaven by which we must be saved. And there is only one way in truth and life. And no one goes to the Father except through him. You have to repent and believe in Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus gives life. Go to Jesus to get life. And then after you admit your sin and you repent and believe, this is what John tells us. He says, God so loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes this, whoever believes in Jesus should not perish. But when you go to Jesus to get life, you get life. For God did not send his son into our little dollhouse to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. For whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Look, I warned you and Jesus warned you and he tells you there is only one way. And if you reject that way, what would you expect to happen? Whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is. Jesus is God. And because he's God, that means we owe an account to him. He's the boss. 
and he will judge. But if you will repent, if you will confess, if you will believe, he will forgive. And then his judgment on you will be not guilty. Because he will not be looking at you, but he will be looking at Jesus. Now, let me not oversimplify this before I conclude. I understand the preachers up here saying, go to Jesus, get life, go to Jesus, get life. Uh, okay, so let's say not too long ago, you went to Jesus, you got life. What changed? I mean, I still got to put gas in the car, still got to gro- buy groceries, still got to pay the bills, still get sick, still have a bad day. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, it is. And here's the thing. Look, right now, you will have trouble. And Jesus does not mince words about it. When he's on earth, he never tells anyone they're going to get rich or have their best life now. No. He says, pick up your cross and follow me. Just like it happened to me, so too is it going to happen to you. It won't be easy. It will be difficult. But he will be with you. Emmanuel, that's the nature of Christmas. That's the nature of the incarnation. That's the whole reason we're celebrating tonight is because Jesus is with us. Jesus came. He just didn't leave us alone or abandoned, but he came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming again. And in between that time, he gives us the Holy Spirit so we can sense his presence in our life now, walk with him and experience him and begin to prepare for what we will experience forever and ever. So when we have joy now, that's a foretaste of the divine. When we have pleasure now that's a foretaste of the divine when we worship now we're preparing ourselves for what we will do forever and ever because Jesus is God I can't say anything more profound tonight Jesus is God look origins matter Where do we come from? We are made in the image of God. We are created by an infinite being. Where did Jesus come from? He always was and always is and wherever will be, forever will be. But there was a time in space and eternity where infinite God took on flesh and added to his perfect deity, perfect humanity. And from that time, forevermore, Jesus is the God-man interceding for us at the throne of the father so that whoever comes to him by grace through faith will be saved believe in jesus and have life father we praise you and thank you for sending your son jesus to give us life Tonight is Christmas Eve, and for us, it's a time to celebrate. There's no way we can possibly sing or celebrate enough. Lord, but we give you what we have. Our song, our hearts, and in some ways, even our very lives. You are a living hope. You are the light of the world. The angels sing, Lord, and so do we, and we proclaim... Hallelujah, what a Savior.